This is an NAC podcast. Welcome to this episode of the National Arts Centre NACOcast series. My name is Sean Rice and I am the second clarinetist with the National Arts Centre Orchestra. This week the orchestra is performing Shostakovich's second piano concerto, Brahms's second symphony and a new work called Airworms, written by Canadian composer Vivian Fung. Vivian has been kind enough to join us today to talk about her career in music. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. So you and I go way back actually. We met many years ago at Juilliard when I was a young... <laughs> aspiring clarinet player hoping to hoping to hoping to graduate from Juilliard and I was your TA that's right you know, teach, fun you, times you were teaching theory at the time yes <laughs> and um so we had a lot of fun back then but now you're living in California right yes okay living we're in California uh in the Bay Area so we live in San Jose cool yeah which is 45 minutes south of San Francisco mm-hmm. and uh really loving it um but also missing my uh, home country. <laughs> not and too far away, though. Not too far yeah. away. Exactly. Um, you've been quite busy. You've had a TSO commission recently. I saw on, on, on online. There was lots of uh, information about that. And now this new commission with us, Earworms. Um, you're very busy composing. Actually, you saw another piece, too, for clarinet. I think you wrote for Humi. Is that right? Yes. yes I, that, I see these things floating by on, on Facebook or on all the social media. So you're quite busy composing right now. <laughs> and you just had a, a, a new baby recently, right? Well, he's almost three now. Almost three now. Okay. Wow. Okay. Well, but, time flies. But yes, he's uh, relatively new to our family and um, he's changed my life. And keeps, yeah. your, keeps you quite busy, I'm sure. Yes. <laughs> so I want to talk about this Airworms piece because if, if I'm not mistaken, a lot of the inspiration from it comes from a time when you were, um, when, when your child had been born, right? Yes. Yeah, so this, um, this idea originated because... When Julian was about six months old, he became fixated with a song called Wheels on the Bus. And mm-hmm. I'm sure all parents can relate to that. Um, and he insisted um, on having uh, hearing the piece every day. And to this day, we have to play it when he goes to sleep. <laughs> so so it's, you know, it, it, uh, it, it is has permeated the psyches of our household and um, it. I I couldn't get it out of my head. Now so you it's just, just find yourself like grocery shopping, singing it. It just <laughs> it just appears out of nowhere from you know at night in the car, you know, and <laughs> and he calls calls it the bus song, and so everything uh, he's obsessed with being a boy. He's obsessed with wheels and and mm-hmm. and all things that are you know trucks and automobiles. <laughs> um, so that got me sort of in that mode of. Um, having these snippets uh, enter my mind. And then I would experience bouts of insomnia where I, mm-hmm. I can't sleep. Imagine. And then you would have these tunes that would just be going over and over, being really annoying in my head. <laughs> and While, while you know, dealing with your insomnia. Right, exactly. Okay, yeah. I mean, be, you know, a, a partly because of the, because I can't sleep, these things just nag me and I can't, mm-hmm. I can't get to bed. 
Um, so, you know, instead of fighting it, I decided to work it into a piece. Mm -hmm. And so this piece incorporates uh, two small snippets of the wheels and also other annoying or, you know, charming um, earworms, so mm -hmm. to speak. And um, you'll never hear them completely. There'll always be these little snippets of things as I have heard them during my bouts mm -hmm. of insomnia. Interesting. And so uh, they're, they're obviously true earworms. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they stay, they, they get stuck. And I don't know if you're like me, but as a, as a musician, when something's in my head, I start analyzing it too. And I start thinking about it in a way that just, drives me crazy <laughs> yes i'm like oh what did they pick that air blah blah blah, blah. right exactly. but you have so many quotations in this piece it's you have so many airworms during your insomnia <laughs> right. when we have ravel's la valse yes and, and pop song uh, pop and songs and I, is there some ives as well as at some point? ives mm -hmm. as well and actually also you know people won't recognize this but from my clarinet quintet because that was a piece that mm. i wrote right before this piece okay I don't know that piece yet. I'm sorry. I want to. I want to know it. Yes, yeah. I'll, I'll send you a recording. I would love to hear it. Um, and um, so so yeah, I I just choose chose these little snippets, and you know you'll hear the orchestra repeating them over and over again. And mm -hmm. um, I think it's recognizable though. I mean, I yeah. think it's and and it's so funny that you know after the rehearsal, I I I heard some of the orchestra players humming the tunes and like, yes <laughs> yeah. i've done my job you're right the airworms have been planted <laughs> yes <laughs> well i've been de i've definitely been going around humming and i, I love the the bass clarinet lick from lavals because it's obviously a very standard bass clarinet excerpt for for us right. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> such a cute moment in the and here after the bassoons um yeah anyway so this this uh, the all these airworms obviously these are the things that you, you were you were hearing while dealing with insomnia but how did you want to construct it how was what was the inspiration um was there a format or structure in mind or was this just as they came to you well i th i think um i wanted to isolate some of the the ones to begin with so mm -hmm. um they would be heard separately and then um, my idea was to have it culminate so that it becomes chaotic at the end so mm -hmm. that you know becomes a little bit madness mm -hmm. so that all the earworms would just play itself all in a jumble all together and you'll hear that i mean in at, towards the end it just uh becomes all these uh motives piled on top of each other and you hear it's almost an ivesian cacophony exactly that's exactly <laughs> what i wanted to achieve cool yeah well you did <laughs> i sense it <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah i love that yeah i know I, and i uh, ives is like my my hero. Oh really? Um, yes. Oh, we're going to talk about this now. His fourth symphony is like a true masterpiece, as mm. far as I'm concerned. Um, I'm a huge fan of his music too. Yeah. I'm actually conducting his wind work country band march out in, in Newfoundland this uh, in a couple of weeks actually. Again, one of those pieces where everything is just a cacophony. The marching band goes by, and you can hear other little tunes at a fair. Yeah. It's so cool. Yeah. The fourth symphony. What, is that actually an inspiration for this this piece? Um. The concept of it, just yep. the idea of these um, melodies that are going at different rates. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I love that idea. And I've tried to incorporate that concept into this piece. And I've also done it in an, another one of my pieces. Can you speak pieces. to that? What do you mean by different rates? So for those who, who, who may not understand. So, um, well, 
as a percussion. So faster and slower versions of the same melodies. Exactly. What you're so okay. so um, you know when you hear earworm, sometimes you'll you'll have this thing going in your head, and then you'll speed it up because that's what you hear, and then you'll slow it down when you try to analyze it. So I just put all those kind of different versions of the same melody together, mm-hmm. playing simultaneously, mm-hmm. um, and. It, for me, it creates a wonderful cacophony mm-hmm. that is, I think, what we experience in in our society today. You know, yeah, you I know, agree. you have have all these things coming out of, you know, elevators and supermarkets mm-hmm. and cars and your phone, and they're all happening at different rates, but they're all happening all together mm-hmm. in your in, in your mind. And it's its own unique soundscape in modern times. Exactly, yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> And I, I think that, you know, part, part of my uh, raison d'etre to, to compose this piece is just as much a social commentary of, of the environment that we live in today. Really? Cool. Yeah. I like that. Okay. Um, I didn't realize you were such an Ives fan. <laughs> I've become a huge Ives fan. Okay. You know, I mean, I think there's a quotation in, in, in this piece. Yes, and, I know, yeah. And it's very... In the middle know, of the slow section. Yes, right? yeah. and then mm-hmm. it comes back and, um, you know, and, and just... His fascination with um, the you know folk folk songs, but also sort of the idea of of juxtaposing it against mm-hmm. different things, I think is quite fascinating. Mm-hmm, yeah. Definitely, and you've absolutely kind of emulated aspects of that in, in your work. Yes, is this a common trend for a lot of your music? Would you say, or is this um, the last orchestral piece that I did? It was called Biennale Snapshots, and there is one movement in particular um, called Graffiti Mashup. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, inspired by uh, our Bra- Brazilian twins who are graffiti artists, mm-hmm. and they um, um, they can they uh, spray painted these five huge silos on Granville Island in Vancouver. Okay, and they're called the Giants, and I um, was really inspired by that. And so the third movement of this piece has uh, it's called Graffiti Mashup, mm-hmm. and it has Brazilian tunes in it, oh, but cool. it's. Uh, got this hip-hop thing a little bit going on but then Mm. it kind of is a mashup of all these things uh, at the end very cool yeah i'm trying to remember i think i think i heard another piece of yours recently for solo cello and electronics oh yeah yes okay this was right this we this was part of our concert in in vancouver Vancouver. yeah we we did a new we did our our wolfgang uh which is our new music series yeah at the International Conference of New Music. Yes. <clears throat> and Rachel Mercer played your work. Yes. And again, this was another work that seemed very very inspired by the birth of your child because you can hear the baby's voice and it sounds like this. Also, some r- nursery rhymes maybe in there as well or like, yeah. or like baby songs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, I loved hearing the juxtaposition of those things as well. I heard other ideas like that, this this, this structure of juxtaposing um the the electronic aspects with imitations and the cello it sounded like to me right yeah very very cool piece by the way oh, thanks yeah, well Rachel it. was actually one of uh, a consortium of commissioners and she okay. was actually you know she was involved with, from the very beginning and mm-hmm. um, and Rachel Mercer is our principal cellist for those who don't know sorry continue. yes yeah yeah absolutely and she's actually uh, going to be performing it again in Ottawa oh, um, really in um in the next Wolfgang series oh I should know that. <laughs> <laughs> Oops, called me on it. Okay, <laughs> good. That's I'm, good. I'm glad I know. I'm glad I'm aware. <laughs> <laughs> as well as in Toronto, actually, this coming weekend. Okay, excellent. Wow, she's so busy. She's so busy. She's always playing concerts. I'm amazed at how she's just constantly doing jamming music everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so cool. Um, so back to your work, though. 
I, I'm curious about, um, so we're talking about how you're doing these juxtaposed ideas now, but can you speak to what your inspiration, inspiration was, sorry, excuse me, inspiration was, um, to become a composer and what, uh, what kind of influences at that time in your life were, were very much powerful in, in guiding you in that direction. Do you have an, an inspiration that, um, that guided well, you that way? Uh, I think I started very early uh, to compose. I mean, my earliest memories of composing were because I didn't want to practice. Okay. And what was your instrument? I was, a, oh, so I, I started learning piano okay. when I was like four and a half. But I, I, I assure you, I wasn't really precocious at all. I mean, <laughs> it was one of those things that, you know, as a, a you know, a child of a so-called tiger mom, I guess. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> that, I, you know, I would, I would learn piano and mm-hmm. I enjoyed it but I as with all, a lot of children I didn't like to practice okay so yeah hey, I was um, the same <laughs> and I, I, I would you know I would be like okay I'm practicing mom but then I would tr- sort of wander off and right. just you know try to not practice by improvising things oh on the piano cool. so I would just kind of drift and I'm sorry you're from Vancouver I'm from um, Edmonton oh I'm sorry West Coast, but Edmonton, yeah, Alberta, Edmonton, I in the prairies. Yeah. I'm a prairie girl. Okay, sorry. Um, about that. <laughs> uh, and and so so I would inevitably just sort of wander, and then I would come up with these really very imaginative stories of mm-hmm. two butterflies that would fall in love, and I would come up with these wow. elaborate stories. And so my piano, my first piano teacher, instead of really reprimanding me for any of this. She actually was a composer. She is a composer herself. Mm-hmm. And so she um, saw that what I was doing mm-hmm. and she encouraged me and uh, taught me to notate. Cool. Oh, um, and very so cool. And you were, how old when you started doing this? I was like eight. Wow. And, and I still, I, I'm, I still have those manuscripts. Really? Okay. A- and I, you know, it's really wonderful because you have the, these simple tunes, but very elaborate stories attached to it and very mm-hmm. elaborate title pages. You know, mm-hmm. I still have mm-hmm. them, you know, with crickets on and, and, and <laughs> nice. two dogs. And yeah, and it's like all tied with a ribbon. And that is amazing. Yeah. Wow. So those are my earliest memories. What nice memories. And, yeah. you know, I think composing became an outlet for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was one of those things where... Um, I could really freely express myself. And um, because I was really, an, I still am, I'm uh, introverted. Mm-hmm. And I, I felt like I needed an outlet. And that mm-hmm. was really a wonderful creative. It just sparked a lot of imagination. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when it came time, um, <laughs> I, I, I just, I don't know, I just decided that, it, well, it, actually, I didn't decide. I think it decided for me. Okay, yeah. I think a lot of people have similar stories. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I just I just needed to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't I didn't really think about how to make a living or any of that that you have to think about. Yeah, but, you can't really think about that when you're enjoying it. <laughs> right. Exactly. So it became uh, an obsession, mm-hmm. so to speak. Yeah. So then, uh, from Edmonton, where did you go? How did you uh, how did you pursue your studies after that? So I went straight from Edmonton to New York. Mm-hmm. And I was a lifer at Juilliard. A lifer? <laughs> so you did three. Yes. You did the three degrees. I only did the two. Oh, well, yeah. see, I got UB and I you started. You beat me. <laughs> I, I beat you by a long shot because I started teaching right after I graduated. Right. And then I'm, that's when we that's, met. That's when we met. Yes. That's amazing. Okay. Yes. So, and who were you, who was your teacher at Juilliard? Uh, my two, well, two, yep. uh, David Diamond and yep. Robert Beezer. Okay. And, um, yeah, you know, it's funny how life sort of shapes you but 
you know, I, I learned a, a great deal from both teachers and I learned a great deal from Juilliard, but I have to say that um, it took me a while to come to terms with myself as far as it took my entire 20s. It was a very confusing time, but I, I realized that I had to unlearn a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love this. Okay, can, can we talk about that? Because I, th- I feel the same way. Yeah, it's I like, feel like as an as an artist or as a musician, like the formal training is really important, but at a certain certain point, you have to break all that down. Yes, I mean it was like you know it was a, a rigorous training which mm-hmm. I really appreciated, but then you have to realize that um, there are things that are just not you, and mm-hmm. you have to find find what that is, you know. Mm-hmm. And and I'm still everybody's still kind of in that journey of 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 finding what that is and. But I just—it took me a long time time to realize that. Well, as a composer, it's it's much more um, subjective. It's already subjective for music for performers, but as a composer, it's even more so because you have to create from nothing. Which is what? which is so difficult, right. and I hate starting pieces because I can you're, imagine you're, you're staring at a blank page and it's mm. staring back at you saying, "Oh my goodness, you're going to fail." Oh no, not at all. But, <laughs> but obviously not. <laughs> but there is that, you know, you're mm. you're. We have the these, internal struggle. Yes, yes. And, and there are these giants that precede you, and so you can't you can't mm-hmm. think about those kind of things. No, of course not. Um, but, but but every composer thought about it. I mean, yes. they all wrote, like in the, the Romantic era, they all wrote back about the greatest symphonist Beethoven. Yes, yeah, exactly. The great symphony, and what what do we do next? Exactly. <laughs> yes, they all I struggled. Mean, I mean, Everywhere. talk about Brahms having yeah. that complex. I mean, he uh, he didn't he threw away a lot of sketches. Yeah, and then only had four symphonies. Yeah, it's right. Crazy. <laughs> Um, you know, it's, I, I want to keep talking about this because I think it's such a fascinating perspective for those who are not aware of it, but a fascinating idea for those who are not aware of it. But it's, it's interesting that, you know, we, we have all this formal training to become artists and composers and dancers or painters and so on and so forth. But it's, it's not until you have life experience that you actually find what is more meaningful, what is most meaningful in the art form, I think. And, and, and to really, um, cut to the chase i mean having a child really cut really you know it used to be i i feel so so like i was so lazy before i had a child because <laughs> you know i would you know get to my working studio and then i would have a cup of coffee mm-hmm. i would kind of set myself up for two hours nice and you know get so comfortable get comfortable <laughs> <laughs> now i'm lucky if i have two hours at all wow. and okay you know, when I do get to the to the studio, it has to be, um, you know, just a dash to the finish line. But it must be so interesting. I mean, I, I'm, I don't have children, but I think it's I, those of my, my friends who do. They just after the moment they've had this child, they just their perspective on life just kind of like blossoms in so many other directions. Yeah, I think I think it's actually um, became Motherhood has just made me so much more creative. I think. Mm, wow. Cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's very interesting. Yeah. Cause I, 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 you talk about the twenties and then breaking it down. And I felt the same way after my twenties and was trying to finish my dissertation to graduate. You know, I was living here in Ottawa at the time, but it's like, until that was all done, I didn't feel like I was fully getting into the art form. Yes. Yeah. And I think for, for me at least, um, a lot of it is just to, trust your own instinct mm-hmm. and um I, it took me a, a really long time to hone that not skill but that but that awareness mm-hmm. i think and to trust it do you did you find it was uh 
once you were without a teacher, was that the hard, was that one of those moments where like, how do I, what do I do? What's the, what's the structure? What's the format? Well, it's when you first graduate, it's the worst. Yeah. I, I'm asked because I felt that way. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, the, it's the complete worst because yeah. you don't have the security blanket around. You don't have the mentors and mm-hmm. you're left to your own devices and you have to make a living. Um, mm-hmm. And so how yeah. do you do all those things? You know, and it's, it takes a, it takes a time, a long time. And I, whenever I see, students going through that I, I always try to encourage them to stick with it because mm-hmm. it's that's probably one of the toughest times as a musician when you first graduate and you're one of our country's up-and-coming great composers you know it's it's awesome no you're you're being commissioned and performed everywhere it's awesome it's exciting and you're very humble because you're like <laughs> but but it's true you're you're on the list of composers that is this country is is promoting and, and is aware of these days it's great it's exciting um you said you you you're, you mentioned students. Are you still teaching? I'm st- teaching at my local university, which is a ten minute drive away from where we are okay. at Santa Clara University. Okay, and I'm teaching composition. Great, yeah, excellent, yeah, very nice. And 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 does that offer any other um, creative feedback for your own work when you when you find yourself teaching? Well, I think you know I I really want to give back, and mm-hmm. um, I think that's and also it's it informs me. Of as far as what the next generation is interested in, mm-hmm. and that always is some a great learning experience. So, what are the what is the next generation interested in? I'm always video curious. Video games. Yeah, I noticed. Huh? <laughs> video game music is taking off like crazy, and so is um the the cross pollination of pop and classical genres is yeah. it's not a new idea, right. but it's it seems to be really really a hot topic right well, now. Well, I think also it's you know I think um, kids uh, children have a very different sense of what classical music is and a lot yep. of a lot of um uh, exposure is from film music or from listening to you know podcasts or radio mm-hmm. or not even the radio it would be like on itunes itunes or, or, or spotify these days exactly yeah, these are like the new radio platforms <laughs> right exactly so yeah. so and and through video games yep. you know um so that's that's where where a lot of people get exposed to to music yeah yeah. Video game music is quite interesting. We recently did a, a pop show of um, of Star Wars music, and the organizer of that, producer of that show, he wanted to incorporate some of the Star Wars video game music into in between um, suites oh. from the movies. And that music was really hard. <laughs> I have to tell you, yeah, really hard music. It wasn't John Williams' music, but it's influenced by the style of John, John Williams. You know, right. And so uh, it's interesting how exciting and upbeat it was, and the audience knew more of that music than we did. Because I don't play the, I don't really play video games, honestly. Right. But um, and I wasn't familiar with these scores. But watching the audience reaction, you could see like, oh, I know this from the, I know this, I know this one. It's from the, it's from that video game or whatever. And, and wait, wait a minute, you don't play video games anymore? I, you I re- used to. I I never really did actually. Really? Not really. No. Because my recollection of you was. Really? Sitting in my classroom. Ruh row. <laughs> no, you know what I was doing? I was checking the baseball scores at one point. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> oh boy, this is gonna be embarrassing. <laughs> you were was playing, playing Civ? Ho- you were playing hardcore hockey. Oh yes, that's right. There was it's such a Canadian in New York. I did enjoy playing NHL the video game on my computer for a while. Yes, there. and I was <clears> wondering <throat> why oh, you oh. were staring so intently at the at, at your screen. And I was <laughs> It was one Busted. of the yes, and it was like the first one of the first experiences that we had working together, and I was like, "Wow, he must be the most studious." He really misses person. Canada. No, he just really misses Canada and hockey. I was wow. Like, okay. Uh oh. 
on the record <laughs> and busted. Okay. Very good. I'm definitely blushing. So, <laughs> yes, I did play a few video games, but not 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 intense. Not, right. not to the level that these these people are like Final Fantasy and the right. scores for those games are seem to be incredibly very, complex. Very hard, yes. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, in your with your students, then are you finding yourself working with them in terms of uh, designing ideas towards a career in that in, in video game music, or, or are you just focused on the fundamentals and also building up yeah I think, skills? I think um, you know where I teach is 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 just it runs the gamut. So it de- depends on the student. I mm-hmm. really don't have a formula for things, and it just really depends on what the students' mm-hmm. needs are and w- where they're headed and whatever I can offer um, as far as, you know, my experience um, is, is it's just tailored to whatever the student, the, right. the student's best needs are. Yeah. Right. Well, that's great. Um, <clears throat> what's next in your, in your, in your, in your compositional work? Are you, do you have other commissions coming up right now? Yeah. I'm so when I get home, um, I'm working on a piece for solo percussion for the percussionist Ayun Huang, who teaches at the University of Toronto. Oh, okay, yep. And uh, so I'm going to be writing a piece for her to be premiered at the Banff Centre this summer. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, and then um, I've got some projects with the Manitoba Chamber Orchestra coming up, Mm -hmm. as well as the American String Quartet. Great. Oh, say hi to Wolfram for me. Oh. Yes, he's a good friend. He's funny. Um... That's great. Wow, you're you're obviously very busy and 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 doing great work because keep seeing your name and your and your pieces come up on all my my feeds. It's it's really exciting mm. to see how your career is going. Thank you so much for doing this today. Thank and, you. And we're really, really looking forward to the premiere tonight, and then again in Toronto. That's right. In a couple of nights. Yes. Thank you Thank so you. much. This has been a National Arts Centre podcast produced in Ottawa by NAC New Media. Mm
send us your comments and questions. Email us at nacpodcasts at gmail.com. Visit the podcast section of the iTunes store, where you can rate and comment on this podcast. We love to hear from you. Remember, you can find more great NEC podcasts at necpodcast.ca or search on National Arts Centre on iTunes and subscribe for free. Until next time, goodbye from Canada's National Arts Centre. Thank you.